High Sensory People podcast. I'm Alicia May. I'm a high sensory leader, coach, and creative empath. And I'm Jane Elizabeth Aston. I'm a high sensory leader and spiritual connection coach. We're high sensory people, and we're passionate about raising awareness of the HSP trait and reframing it from being highly sensitive to high sensory and having high sensory intelligence. Did you know that 20 to 30% of the world's population are high sensory? We want to increase our visibility, change how the world sees us, and inspire and empower all HSPs to own their amazing qualities and unique gifts. We would love you to join us on this journey. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. And with Christmas just around the corner and everything that comes with it, we're ending season one of this podcast with a three-part guide to the holiday season. So last week, we talked about Christmas past or Christmas and New Year before we knew about the HSP trait. This week, we're talking about Christmas and New Year in awareness of being high sensory. So how we've learned to take care of ourselves in recent uh, Christmases and New Year's, how we've learned to manage things and make different choices. So Alicia, thinking about Christmases over the last few years since you've known your high sensory, how have you approached them differently? Um, Yeah, a few things, really. I've sort of noticed that each year I sort of seem to tweak things, if that makes any sense. So last year I introduced, um, I was sort of questioning the whole what's expected of us and is it because we want to do these things or because we feel that we have to or that it's expected of us etc etc so last year was the first year I introduced because it was niggling at me the year before because it is an overwhelming time of the year um I think I mentioned last time it's not my best time of the year because I'm not good with the dark days um I'm not good with cold um so you know a bit of SAD kicks in so Last year, I said to a few of my friends, I just said, look, guys, why do we actually buy presents for each other? Is it because we really want to? Is it because we just got sucked into a story? Um, and I just thought, yeah, do you know what? Just be honest. And I just said, look, guys, can we just ramp up birthdays and leave Christmas? Because there's enough pressure already. Let's reduce the burden where we can um, and I got great feedback from them to be fair most of them just said oh yeah actually that's a great idea one or two were really sweet and they said oh no but you know we want to and I was like well that's okay as long as it's because you really want to and it's not you know it's not a burden whereas I was feeling actually I could just do without this and then I ramp up their birthdays so that's been a huge um weight off of of Christmas to be honest um I always used making my Christmas cards um and my aunt always like oh I, I keep your cards every year and I was like that's so sweet and the last couple of years I've actually really slacked um just because you know, work's been busy and and things like that. And again, it's weighing up. Am I doing this because I really want to, or am I doing this because I've been doing it? I feel obliged. So for me, since knowing about my HSP needs, 
I've really started to question why do I do the things that I do? Is it because it comes from a place of intentional joy, fulfillment? Mm. Um, or is it coming from a place of, oh, well, I ought to do this or I should do this? And, oh, people expect this of me. I, I don't want to let them down. You know, is, is there a bit of people pleasing going on? So, um, so that's really helped just really checking in with myself and questioning why am I doing what I'm doing? Does that make sense, Jane? Yeah, and what about I love you? all of that. I love all of that, what, what you said. Yeah, just checking in and questioning, am I doing it because I want to or am I doing it because I've always done it and I've always seen it modelled around me? And um, yeah, I think since being, um, you know, since knowing I was HSP, so more than 10 years, actually. And also, this is something which has aligned really well with me being in recovery, where I also, you know, um, have been, I suppose I've had different sorts of Christmases modelled around me by other people in recovery. Um, There's quite a lot of, you know, Christmases Uh, being modelled around me in 12-step recovery that are simpler. Obviously, they're not like boozy Christmases. Uh, For a lot of people, they might be, but not for those of us in 12-step recovery, you know, which includes substances, and and often it does. So, you know, for me, Christmases have become simpler. They've become shorter. (laughs) In the, um, I I generally try and plan in downtime before and after, you know, ideally, I wouldn't be seeing people on both Christmas Day and Boxing Day on the 26th. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't really be doing very much on Christmas Eve. Sometimes I've traveled on Christmas Eve um, to, you know, to, to be with family on Christmas Eve. But that sort of means that I'm not actually doing a big social thing on Christmas Eve as well as Christmas Day. So building in like plenty of downtime, really. And also, um, I think um, just kind of simplifying things Christmas wise um, has been really interesting in that I've been able to um, model that for some of my family as well. So when I was growing up, and forever, like forever, probably for the first sort of 45 years of my life or something, the first 40 years anyway, every Christmas, m- me, my brother, my mom, my dad, um, partners if we had them, um, we would all go to my mom's sisters and her whole family would be there as well. When we were growing up, that was lovely. There would basically be four adults and five children, me, my brother and my three cousins and maybe some grandparents when they were still around. What a wonderful family Christmas. I mean, it really was like something off the adverts. It was really, I'm so blessed to have had those Christmases. As I got older and as, you know, my cousins particularly got partners and, you know, got married and had children and uh my brother and i didn't do that <laughs> my brother's pretty much done it now but you know later and so it started to get really unbalanced if we went over to my auntie's there would be i added it up earlier there would be 15 of them including all the kids and there would be four oh. of four of us my mum my dad my brother and me so it'd be like 15 including like seven children under the age of eight and 
me and my brother and my mum and dad. And it was like, this is suddenly a really weird Christmas. And my mum and dad didn't realise that they didn't actually have to still do that. And I remember one year they were going, gosh, you know, it's um, it's quite a lot, isn't it, to sort of have, you know, that amount of people around. You know, my, my dad was getting quite, you know, a bit older by now, didn't have the energy that he used to have. And, and I went, well, do you know what? We don't have to go this Christmas. We could maybe just stay at yours and just have a really quiet one. That might be more what you want now. Uh, and this was revolutionary to them. They were like, oh, yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? Oh, we could. And so that changed Christmas because I realised, you know, that that what I needed might be more what they needed as well. So I suggested it. And after they thought about it, they initiated that change. And I think it was time. Sometimes it's just time to recognise that things have to change so I was really glad to be able to bring that in because it actually meant that their Christmases became simpler and shorter as well. And as they, you know, went into their, I mean, you know, late 70s or 80s, which is, you know, where they are now, sort of towards the end of that, that decade, it was absolutely what they needed. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's, you know, that's really good. And, you know, yeah, simply buying presents and stuff as well and you know I don't send many cards if it was up to me I wouldn't send many but I do send a few out of sort of family people pleasing duties mm. it's just easier to do that than not yeah and it's it's so tricky because it's so easy like you've said to get caught up into a, a pattern and a routine and and a tradition that's gone on and on and on yeah. and we do get sucked into these obligations but it is like you've, you know, prime example where you've actually stepped back and gone, well, hang on a minute, this isn't right anymore. What we've been doing doesn't work for everybody now. And that sometimes voicing a change, my gosh, it's actually transformed your Christmases. So it, it's so important for us to just own what we need and what we want, make those suggestions. And like you said, quite often people are thinking it as well. It's just who's going to be the first to say it or admit it. And I've come across um, so many people with kids that they've, um, you know, they've got really stressed and, and that, you know, you know, they're sort of complaining that's like, oh God, I've got to take the kids to blah, 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 blah. But actually I just want to stay at home. So it's like, we'll do that. Christmas is about what you want, not what other people want. And again, it's, Quite often, you know, if I was talking to a friend the other day and she said, oh, yeah, I've got my mum, my brother, my sister coming to us because we want to keep the kids at home. And that's it is for the kids. It's not Christmas isn't really for adults. It is for children. And it makes sense for the kids to be in their own home so they can play with their own toys and just do what they want to do. And that then takes the pressure off the adults completely. It's like because, I mean, I we we grew up with most Christmases if not all of them where we were at home so my brother and I could just play with our toys throughout the day and it was you know pretty pretty low key um and for me the last few years I've well actually quite a few years even before the HSP stuff being self-employed I would often um work Christmas Eve or 23rd would be my last day and it was to me guilt-free time off Christmas Eve Christmas Day, Boxing Day, that was guilt-free time off. Thank you very much. Um, so that really sort of reduced the pressure, if you know what I mean. But there is this 
conventional societal thing going on of, you know, let's make it busier than it really needs to be when it doesn't actually need to be as busy um, as as it is and, and seeing it as a time to just have that time off to do what you want. And it is, it's, it's just questioning those values. You know, what is it about Christmas that's actually important to you? What do you actually need for your Christmas? Um, but, you know, even even adverts and I, I try and avoid them as, as best as possible, but they don't they don't help that narrative of, yeah, Christmas is a really busy time of the year. Well, let's stop sending that message out and start reining it back in. Um, because like we said last time, Christmas isn't always a happy time of the year for most people. Like when I was a kid, it was it was a very happy time. But growing up, you realize actually most people moan about it. Most people could do without it, <laughs> you know, because for me, it is a bittersweet time of the year. And, you know, it's just important to get through it in the best way that works for you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It's it, it's not it shouldn't be a chore. I think it's about giving ourselves permission to do the holidays in a way that's right for us, in a way that gives us the rest that we need, that our high sensory, you know, bodies need and our minds. And and I just want to make it really clear, actually, that I adore my extended family. I am so lucky to have cousins that I love. I love all their partners. Like, I'm really fortunate. Quite a few of them are HSP. Um, so I'm super, super lucky. And it's always an absolute joy to see them. And so just because we didn't see them on Christmas Day didn't mean that on years that I was with my, you know, um, family didn't mean that I didn't see them. It's just that we would maybe see them on the 27th or the 28th. Mm. So it would be like just a difference. So like we'd all have lunch. We'd all hang out, you know, like with whoever had like the, the biggest living room, you know, like we'd all pile around usually my brother and sister-in-law's house. We'd all pile around there and an absolute joy to spend time with them. But I think not doing Christmas Day together just took the pressure off off everybody just took the pressure off everybody to have this big all singing or dancing Christmas, which had sort of outgrown itself. You know, it, it's kind of uh, as high sensory people, we can spot when things are not working, when things are out of balance and what's going to work for everyone. You know, I think we said that in our trailer and it's true. We can do that. And we if we are if we give ourselves permission to really feel into that and speak up about this used to work really well, but you know what? I'm not sure it's the best way of doing things anymore. Then that's really, really helpful. Um, And the other thing I think that I've found it easier to do as the years have gone on is some years I don't spend Christmas with my family. Sometimes I have spent Christmas um, with friends or you know, with a partner, if I've been with a partner, I've had a few Christmases where I've spent it just with a partner and we live in, you know, know, 200 miles away from my Mm -hmm. family of origin. So I've done that. And um, again, possibly because of my high sensation seeking, I like to do Christmas in different ways. One year, and this was a long time before I knew I was high sensory, but one year I flew to India on Christmas Day. Another year, I was in Thailand on Christmas Day. It rained all day on Christmas Day. Um, yeah, no, and so I, like, 
I like mixing it up as well. I really enjoy <laughs> mixing Christmas up and not doing the same thing every year because it can get like Groundhog Day and, and they all merge into one. But I think no matter how and where I do Christmas and no matter who I do it with, the important thing is to watch my overwhelm and make sure I build in plenty of rest and downtime either side. That's it. And, and just, yeah, my, my suggestions is is what I do now. You know, I didn't do it years ago, but in the last few years, it's just check in throughout the day. How do I feel? What do I need? Do I just need some alone time? Do I need to just go and lie down and close my eyes for 10 minutes? Do I just need to sit here in this room on my own and then go back to everybody? You know, whatever whatever it is that you need to do if it's you need to just go for a walk if you need your husband to just take the kids out for 20 minutes you know it's okay to ask for those needs because then you'll enjoy the day so much better yes absolutely I think that's all really great yeah just take take breaks if you can when we were kids we always used to get taken to the park in the afternoon to get taken for a walk or taken to the park remember one year we went sledging on Christmas afternoon and that was lovely and it also gave my mum and my auntie god god love them time to wash up it was the days before dishwashers and uh, and also hopefully time to have a cup of coffee and a biscuit on their own without us going can we do this can we do that um so that's Christmas I'd really like this to touch in on new year so New Year's passed since you've known your high sensory. I know you mentioned FOMO last year. Mm. Um, how do you deal with FOMO and how do you deal with New Year's Eve now? Um, not so much FOMO the last few years, um, which is good. Um, it used to be really bad when I was in my teens and my 20s. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like oh, I had to do something and be somewhere. But um, no, the last few years... Uh, I mean, yeah, a couple of years ago, I I was lucky enough to spend um, a really nice, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I, I went off with um, my partner at the time and we we just were like, F it, let's just go away. We rented an Airbnb with a wood burner and that was probably one of the best New Year's I've ever had where we were probably in bed by 11. But, you know, we, we were playing games and just have, having a couple of drinks and just maybe watching a movie, going for walks. And it was just a really low key couple of nights. So that was lovely to me. That's almost like the best way to spend New Year's for me. Um, I'm not that bothered about a party. Don't get me wrong. I love dressing up, you know, weddings and stuff like that. But when it comes to New Year's, again, it's quite an often tiring time of the year. It's my time off. And I don't really, I'm not into heavy drinking. Um, so I don't want to hang over. I don't want to start my year hungover and sleep deprived. Um, so yeah sort of the last few years it's it's definitely been a case of oh okay so this is how I feel these are my needs yeah I'm kind of not so fussed now it's sort of I suppose in a way taken away the FOMO in a sense of actually I'm better off having a quiet one um you know so that's that's really helped um yeah I think that's so important it has for me as well, knowing that I'm high sensory and knowing what my needs are, knowing what I need to thrive has taken away FOMO mm. almost completely. Yeah. I, I can't say I never get it, but I can't think of the last time I had it. So it's yeah. very, very rare now because mm. I might think it, you know, or in the past, I might have thought it would be a good idea for me to be out clubbing on New Year, but actually it doesn't do me any good at all. 
um, personally. So I absolutely love, um, I absolutely love not doing anything at all on New Year's Eve. I mm. prefer to be in bed and asleep by midnight. I like to have a nice night on my own, preferably a quiet night. Um, you know, the last nine New Year's Eves I've been, uh, I'm not now, but I was in a relationship with um, with Andy and he, um, one of his jobs is, you know, he DJs. So he would usually be doing that on New Year's Eve at some sort of party or club or pub or something. And I never, ever, ever went with him, ever. I don't think I did anyway. I'd always be like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, you do that. I'll stay home with like the cat or the cat and the dog or whatever. And so, you know, he would sort of roll in about four in the morning. Um, and I would have been in bed since about 11 o'clock after having had, you know, perhaps, you know, some nice dinner, watching a nice movie. And then ideally, yeah, I'd be asleep when the clocks strike 12. And then I wake up. And it's a new year and I'm all fresh and, you know, and clear headed. And that is so good because every new year I still wake up grateful not to have a hangover, not to be coming down off a cocktail of party drugs. You know, it's so blissfully wonderful for me to start the new year, you know, in a really good, positive frame of mind. And so for me, it's a double whammy to have a quiet new year. Now that isn't to say that I've always done that in recovery. I have had late nights in recovery. I've been out on New Year's Eve in recovery and it's been all right. I generally prefer not though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just finishing off, you know, I remember I was in my, I was thinking I was late teens, maybe early twenties, but I did do this. I'd never uh, spent new year's in town so i did with a friend once and that was it never again as much as my high sensation seeking side loved it i realize now in hindsight my empath hsp side took me about a week to recover from because you're with people for so many hours till crazy o'clock and even at that age it cooked me and like you now i'm just like no i'd, I'd rather have a quiet one for, thanks you know and I like to go for a nice walk somewhere on New Year's Day. I want to enjoy my day. I want to do nice things on New Year's Day. I don't want to be fatigued and feeling just rank. <laughs> Absolutely. I think probably my worst New Year's Eve ever. It was a wonderful holiday, but New Year's Eve was terrible. I was in Thailand. It was the Thailand year. And on New Year's Eve, we were, my friend and I, we were on, um, on Koh Panyang, the island where you have the um, full moon parties. Mm. And so it was New Year's Eve and there was a full moon party. It wasn't a full moon, but they did it anyway. And so we went to that and we'd sort of planned it specially to go to the full moon party on New Year's Eve. And I went and I got really, really drunk. I was trying to score some drugs and I couldn't find any. This was just before I came back into recovery. This was New Year's Eve 2008 turning into 2009. And I got back into recovery later in 2009. So it was my last, God, it was my last drunk New Year. Yeah. Um, and I got really hammered and I didn't do anything terrible, you know, but I didn't really enjoy it. And, I, you know, we got home at about six in the morning or something awful and, my New Year's Day 2009, 
I felt so broken. I just remember waking up and going, oh, God, everything hurts. Oh, my God. You know, I think about like three o'clock, I like dragged myself out of bed and like went and got something to eat and then just went back to bed again. And I was just like, oh, and, um, you know, and that was a classic um, example of I was avoiding FOMO. <laughs> but it didn't do me any good at all. So my best New Year's now are the opposite of that. When I stay in and I wake up early and I'm all crisp and bright and breezy. Mm, yeah. And I just want to touch on like with the FOMO, that's really the mind talking, isn't it? It's not your heart at all. It's not yeah. what your heart and soul wants. It's it's what the mind wants, isn't it? And yeah, um, yeah and I just I just want to stress about for me the game changer was just owning my values. It was it was owning my self care needs and owning my values and what really matters to me around Christmas. Um, that's it's just that's a really helpful check in these days. Yeah. is what what's actually important for me over christmas not not what society wants not what the story is not what people expect what do i want for christmas yes. i think yeah. that's a really good point and i found that the more i have owned what i want and really really owned it and you know think in the past over the last few years I've sort of said yeah I'm staying in on New Year's Eve I don't want anyone to invite me anywhere and if they do I'm going to say no um and in the past people might have gone you can't spend New Year's Eve on your own as though I was breaking some terrible law right you can't oh god just come around to ours or something you can't spend it on your own and I've been like no really I am thrilled. I find the word thrilled to be very persuasive. I'm thrilled to be spending New Year's Eve on my own. People can't argue with that. Well, they can, but they won't get very far. Yeah, I had the opposite where I'd spent so many on my own. Everybody was busy doing things and I just didn't get invited to oh. Sad as yeah, and I think there's a difference, isn't there? They took the pressure off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I used to, I used to absolutely be like, I really hope somebody invites me to do something, otherwise I'll be on my own. And then suddenly, I think it it coincided with lightly discovering I was HSP. I suddenly thought, I literally don't need to go anywhere or do anything. It's important that I look after myself. That trumps what anyone might think is best for me I'm going to do what I know makes me feel good because my very life Mm. (laughs) my well-being depends on it yeah yeah Yeah. yeah and just finishing off again uh for the fourth time but it it's not easy when you quote unquote let people down but that that's on them that's not you to carry. That's not your responsibility. Um, it's important to do what you need to do. And we're always going to disappoint people. That's life, you know, but meeting your needs so you can be the best version of yourself is always number one. Yeah, it's not even letting people down, is it? It's just saying, uh, you know, I don't really want to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I suppose it can feel it can feel like that though the first time yeah. you do it, and it can certainly feel possibly it might feel like that to the people who we're saying thank you but no thank you to. But we all get used to it in the end. 
Exactly. That's been my experience anyway. So um, any more, I think we've we've hopefully covered a few sort of a bit of experience and a few tips and tricks and, you know, <laughs> ways to handle the holiday season just based on how we've done it since we've known about the HSP trait. Um, so, yeah, do you want to start rounding us off? Yeah, so thank you very much for uh, for listening today. Um, we've got the High Sensory Drive online community. Um, it's live, it's active. Um, we host an event every two weeks to meet and talk about topics about the trait. Um, we will be having a break, though, over the festive period and reconvening come January 2024. And we'll put some uh, we'll put a link to the show notes, which will take you straight to the joining page. Yeah, thanks, Alicia. All HSPs are welcome there to meet, share experience, support, information and inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's free for the first month, so you can give it a try and stay if you like it. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments. And please do subscribe, share and review our podcast. And, you know, do you know what? If you've got five minutes, you know, let us know what you'll be doing this year to, to make those changes for yourself. You know, what is it that's been the most difficult for you during this time? You know, we'd love to hear from from the changes that you're making and what, yeah, you struggle with because we're we all understand and appreciate that it's it's just not an easy time. We'd absolutely love that. Join us for next week's episode when we'll be rounding off season one with the final episode in this series about HSPs and the holidays. So that's going to bring us right up to date with our plans and self-care strategies for this year. Bye for now. Bye for now.